0: What's up, you guys? I am so excited that you are joining us for another episode of the Journey Promises podcast. I'm your host, Amber Lithgow, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear the conversation for this week. My great friend, Taylor, is joining me, and she just talks all about waiting on the Lord, particularly in singleness, and how God brought her through singleness to her now husband. Now, whether you're married, single, in a great relationship, Whatever your situation may be, this episode is one to listen for. Whether you're in a season of waiting for your future spouse or just in a season of waiting in general for whatever that may be, Taylor brings so much wisdom in what it means to wait on the Lord, and it is so sweet. I promise you do not want to miss it. So grab some coffee, find your comfy spot, and let's go hang out. Taylor, I cannot tell you how excited I am for you to be on the podcast. Now, I know you have all sorts of amazing news, and I know you're going to bring all of the wisdom. So why don't we just get started by just introducing yourself a little bit and telling everyone what's been happening in your life lately?
1: Hey, I'm good. I'm excited to be on here. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah, so um, with the Lord... I recently got engaged, which is so exciting, and I'm 28. I am not uh, super young, and so it has been such a process of getting to this point. I I didn't know if this day would ever really come. Um, But yeah, I recently got engaged about a month ago and we are going to get married in April. So very exciting. Oh,
0: that's so good. So tell us like, I want it. First of all, I love like stories of how people met. So tell us how you guys met, like how the Lord just like brought you guys together. Yeah, absolutely. So we met at church we
1: are both youth group leaders and we are at our like, fall festival, Halloween party at church. And they asked people to, uh, volunteer for the photo booth and I love photo booths. And so I like raised my hand and go over there. And he was the other person that volunteered. And I was like, so not interested because I had just gotten through a season in my life where, well, I was actually currently in the season of my life. That's praying about a different relationship, Mm -hmm. um, actually from the world race. And so, I was praying about that. And so I meet this guy and I like think nothing of him. I'm like not attracted to him at all, but he meets me, has a girlfriend at the time, but decides like, I'm going to marry this girl. And, uh, fast forward for a year, him and the girl break up a couple months later, he prays about asking me on a date for a whole year. And then he asks me on a date. I'm still not attracted to him. (laughs) but I knew his reputation of loving God and just the way that he lived out his faith. He wasn't just, he didn't just say he was a Christian and there was like no fruit in his life. He lived out his faith. He prayed for people. He Mm -hmm. evangelized, he shared the gospel everywhere he went. And I knew that was his reputation. And so I was like, well, God, I am going to trust you (laughs) that he has the non-negotiables of what I want. Yeah. And a husband, and I'm like, you can't make a man love God, but God can change my heart, my emotions, um, my feeling, my attraction. And so I just trusted the Lord in that and took a leap of faith. And so we started going on dates and he asked me to be his girlfriend and eventually the attraction came. Oh my gosh. And yeah. The emotions and the feelings came as just the Lord showed me who he was, like who Chauncey was, that's my fiance. as he showed me who Chauncey was as a man of God and a man after God's own heart and his character, like the attraction just came and that was really great because I got to fall in love with the man that was in front of me and not just a physical appearance. So
0: I love that. That is like probably one of the most be- like pure and beautiful stories I've ever heard. like that man. That's so good. So like, while you were going through that process, while you were going through, I guess, gaining that like physical attraction, what did you kind of see yourself like working through? Like the process that like your mind went through of just focusing on who he was as like a man of God. Cause I know in our culture today, it's so easy to get caught up in the looks and like, Oh, but I'm not attracted to him. Or it wasn't love at first sight, or I don't know, just, and the devil is so quick to get in your mind and be like, well, if it's not all of these things, then he's probably not the one. Like, so what was your process? Like your thought process as you were working through that? Yeah, I was really scared because I just hate hurting people.
1: And there were so many nights that I would just like break down in tears of like, God, this doesn't feel fair that he has like all these emotions and attraction towards me that he's telling me about. And like, I really only love like his desire in you and like who he is as a man of God and like, just like just the fear that came with that, especially kind of like what you said in the culture that we live in everybody tells you, well, like, well, there has to be some physical attraction. And that's just what I got over and over and over again is like, okay, but if you're not physically attracted to him, then like, it can't be the will Mm. of God or well, you know, you have to be somewhat physically attracted to him or like, oh, well, physical attraction is like a really big deal. And whereas some of those things are true, that's just not the whole truth. And if it's not a whole truth, then it's not truth at all. And so, what I just held on to is I just, I walked in the situation with the Lord and every emotion that would come up, I would debrief it with God of like, okay, God, like I feel X, Y, and Z because of this situation. And I see how he loves you so much. And I love that characteristic about him, but here's what I'm struggling with. And just the prayer that I had constantly was God align me, Mm. align me with your will align me with your plans because I can have my own plans, but like, I don't know what is good. I don't know what your plan is. And so Lord, if I'm not walking in step with your plan, then yeah, remove me from this situation. But If this is your plan and this is your will for my life, this is who I'm supposed to marry, then you're going to bring the attraction. And so I could kind of release that fear because it was like there's no time frame that I'm putting on God of like oh well if I'm not attracted to him by this time, then oh you know I'm gonna break up with him. It was like every time I got to that point of like oh God I'm I'm panicking what should I do, the Lord just be like hey just trust me like do you trust me. Don't bail. Don't don't run away out of fear. Do you trust me Mm. that I I have all of this under control? And I'm like,
0: I don't know. (laughs) I I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and it's scary because I didn't want to waste my time. It's scary because I don't like hurting people, Mm. and those were two really big potential risks that I was taking. But eventually, the attraction came, which I don't think anybody like wants to like sign up for that, you know, like, Oh man, I really hope that God brings me someone I'm not attracted to. And then I just like, learn to love them. Like, I don't think anybody yeah. like, really did, like no one's that's not a Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> it's, it's you they're so attracted and they hang out and they fall yeah. in love. Like that's not what Hollywood says, but I got the chance to fall in love with who he was as a person because when the physical attraction goes away when we're old and wrinkly I know that I fell in love with the guy I'm going to marry because of his heart and because of his character and because
0: of who he is in the Lord and not something that is so fleeting amen sister when attraction will fade and I mean there's also those times when just like we're not always going to be at our best like we're going to gain weight when we get married. We're going to like, things are going to happen. We're going to have bad days when our hair is too long and greasy and we just don't look our best, you know, like we're not always going to look like those Hallmark movies with our hair and makeup done, you know, and it really is like, ultimately at the end of the day, you're falling in love with someone's soul, like his spirit, his personality, like who God actually created him to be. And so I think that's so cool that God took you on that journey to fall. in It's almost like you fell in love twice. Like you fell in love with who he was like, or who he is. And then like, God was like, okay, here you go. You were faithful. And now I'm going to give you the, the attraction, like what you wanted, you know, that's so cool. Um, so going back to, you said you were 28 when you yes. guys finally got engaged. And I know again, in society, we hear like, ring by spring of like junior, senior year of college. Like we gotta, gotta do it. Gotta be married by 22 kids by 24, retired by 30, like all the things in culture these days. So in the waiting, like, what did that look like for you? What did remaining faithful and not constantly, I guess, like running after fleeting relationships or your own desires of just like, Gosh, like, I want a husband. Like, I want someone to be with. Like, what did that process look like getting you to this point? Yeah.
1: Oh, it was so bad, guys. (laughs) Oh, man. I did not do it well for the majority of my singleness. I, since before I can remember, I wanted to be married and I wasn't the girl who wanted like dreamt about my wedding and planned my wedding. It was like, I want to be a wife
0: Mm.
1: because I just felt like God had created me to be a wife. And I was so excited to be a wife and I just wanted to be married. And I wanted this companion to have fun with. And that was my best friend. We could travel together. Like it's just, I just wanted to be a wife and I wanted to love and serve my husband and I didn't know it when I was much younger, but it was this longing and this obsession with marriage that stemmed from my parents getting divorced. Mm. As soon as my dad stepped out of my life, I then had this void inside of my heart and my mind that I was, I started filling with relationships. And so, I mean, starting in middle school and all the way through high school and college, I I just, I would cling to these relationships. Cause it was like, even, I mean, I even remember in high school dating someone be like, I'm going to marry him. Right. And it's like this obsessive obsession with marriage and obsession of being wanted and being loved and being valued and important. And then I would break up with them ironically and i would be devastated because i found all of my love and affirmation and value in this relationship because i had this void in my heart that i filled with a earthly relationship and then it gets stripped away and then you're just left on your butt mm. and it's painful and it's heartbreaking and so I just, I was, so it was a season of my life that I was obsessed, obsessed with getting married and was convinced I was going to marry high school boyfriend and college boyfriend. And like you said, there's this additional pressure in college of getting a ring by spring. Mm -hmm. And I was so mad at God. When that didn't happen for me, I dated this guy in college for a couple of years and was convinced I was going to marry him, even though it was not a life-giving relationship. And when we broke up, I was just so distraught because it was like, oh my gosh, I just spent two years of my college career like on my way to marriage. And now I'm a junior and we broke up and like, now there's no hope of me getting engaged before I graduate college. And like, in the moment, it seems like the biggest deal and like that the world is ending. And I was so mad at God for it because I just saw all my friends getting married and getting engaged. And I was like, this feels like I'm getting the short end of the stick. And so- just like very obsessed and like consumed with wanting to get married for the majority of my life. Well, I, after college, I went and worked at Disney world and then I moved back to Texas and, um, my sister introduced me to this guy a few years back and just like timing didn't work out for the, for a long time. And, we ended up dating only for a month. And I was like, so hopeful in, in dating him because it was like, he's this good Christian guy and, you know, he's a coach. And it was just, it was like picture perfect. Like we've waited for so many years and now we've reconnected and we're going to get married. Right. Like hallmark. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he, after a month, he broke up with me with some pretty harsh words and I this is my last straw. It was I was done. It was like if a good Christian guy is going to treat me the way that he just treated me, like I I'm done. Like I feel like I'm getting too old for this. I don't want to keep going through heartache and pain. I'm so mad. Um, I was a teacher and a coach at the time and I would tell my students like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be a nun. I'm going to be a nun. And it was just this, this up of fear and hurt and pain of like, I am so tired of being heartbroken and I'm so tired of trying and being vulnerable and then ending empty handed and heartbroken. And so Then came like the apathy and like anger, like season of being single, of um, just being done, being over it, deciding like, I don't care. I'm not looking for relationship. I don't really care about having a good Christian guy. I'm not, I'm convinced that they're not out there, right? This like hopelessness of like, clearly they don't exist because I just tried and he left me on my butt in, in a really mean way. Yeah. And so I was just over it. And so then it was like this like anger, hatred. I hate men. I'm going to be <laughs> single forever. Woman power. And then it <laughs> spiraled in like darkness and sin. It was like, then I ended up in a relationship with a guy who wasn't even a believer who didn't believe in God and then ended up losing my virginity and was like devastated. Cause I've just waited 20 plus years. Cause I was going to wait till marriage and just like so devastated because it was like, I was consumed in anger and hopelessness of just like being so done and over it. And it was in that place of anger and hopelessness that, um, I, went on the world race and I, the Lord, he used that as an opportunity to show me what it actually meant to have a relationship with him. And this void that I had in my life from my dad walking out that I kept trying to fill with relationships and obsession with marriage and anger towards men. I, I learned what it meant to allow God to fill that void in my life with a perfect love that doesn't leave me. And with a, a love that says you're wanted and accepted and valued, and you're made in my image and I'm never leaving you. Like God had to remove me from America and from all of the expectations that the world kind of puts on us and what we put on ourselves God had to remove all of that. And on the world race, you also sign a contract that says you're not going to date. And so it just completely removed the distraction of men altogether. And it was this sweet time of God just showing me what it meant to fall in love with him and for um, him to fill that void in my life that I had so desperately tried to fill with relationships. Um, Then fast forward after that one. I went on a second world race to be a squad leader. And at the beginning of it, I knew I was attracted to my co leader. And I was like, oh no, Lord, <laughs> like we're about to lead a team of 45 students together for nine months, kind of like mom and dad, like we're not allowed to date. Like, what are we going to do? And so I just had kind of like a, a heart check with God of like, Hey, look, Lord, I know this isn't the season that you have for me to date this person. So I need you to actually tell me what it means to guard my heart and to have you as my husband, because unless I know those two things, like I'm doomed because I like this guy and we're going to be living together for nine months around the world. And It was like in that moment of having that real conversation for hours with God that he kind of just downloaded to me what it meant to guard my heart and what it meant to have Jesus as my husband and to not have my eyes constantly looking or thinking or being distracted, but actually focusing my eyes and my heart, my attention on God. And so, yeah, uh, it was after that that I came home, kept praying about that relationship. so like we we were really good about guarding our heart. we didn't talk about that relationship at all. Uh, we came home. I kept praying about that relationship. A few months later, the, the Lord closed the door and just brought confirmation that we weren't supposed to be together in relationship and I was left at this place of okay God. I I'm genuinely ready for whatever you have for me. And I had to kind of look at if God says that his best for my life is to be single forever. Am I okay? Is Jesus actually enough that I can look at my singleness and say, yes, this is God's best for my life. And there had been so many seasons prior that I like people would told me like, Oh, it'll come when you least expect it. Or, Oh, like once you're good on your own and like, you don't really want a husband, then he'll come. And so I like tried to force myself into those, like thinking of like, okay, I'm like so good being single. Like, okay. You're, like when is he coming? We're good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I actually came to that place of like, God, you have been so faithful. I've seen, I've tasted and seen your faithfulness. I know that what you have for my life is good and perfect and that it is your best. If that's singleness, I say yes and amen. And if that's a husband, when I turn turn 40 or 50, I say yes and amen. Like I trust whatever you have for me. And so I kind of went through three different seasons of like being obsessed with marriage and then being angry and loathing all men. And then coming, finally coming to this place of like, Oh no, like I know the love of Christ in a real relationship way. And if God calls me to singleness for the rest of my life, Jesus is enough. So yeah,
0: kind of a lot,
1: 28 years worth. So
0: (laughs) no, I, feel all of that, like so deeply. Cause I, God, like before I met Caleb brought me to that same place of, if it's just me and you, are you okay? Like, and I had to be very honest with myself. And I was in a relationship when God asked me that. And I was like, wait, what, like, (laughs) what does that even mean? Like, I'm in a relationship. What do you mean if I'm alone? Like I'm not alone. And God like brought me out of that relationship and like through a period of just choosing to be single. I think God really laid on my heart of just this idea that I had never just chosen him like in my singleness before it was never a choice to be single with the Lord. It was always just because I was in between guys Yeah, and yeah, God brought me to that place where I was like, okay, God, I I'm Okay. It's, it's okay. And yeah, I, and I relate to when you said, um, everyone always says it'll happen when you least expect it. And my thought process was always like, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm always looking for it. Like, I don't know how to turn that off. Like a boy passes me in the supermarket and I'm like, maybe that's him, you know, like, how do you turn that <laughs> yeah. one off? Yeah. But it really was, it was when you finally surrender. And when you're finally like, God, like I'm happy with you. Um, someone told me once, like when I was in the midst of just like wanting a husband so bad, they were like, why would God give you something that you're already idolizing Mm. over him before you even have it? Like he already knows that you would turn this into an idol even more. And yeah, I, I feel all of that. Um, and I actually remember like on, when you guys were in Nicaragua, some of the girls that you were leading, we're going through the like Jesus as my husband study or with you where they were writing letters to Jesus and talking to him as their husband. And I joined in on it when we, when everyone was in Nicaragua and I started doing that. And that actually made a huge impact on like how I viewed God, like God's love towards me. And so your process of like looking at Jesus as your husband, even affected me when we were all together. And and um, yeah, I loved that time. That was such a sweet time of just being with the Lord and just getting to know his love. Um, and so I guess my next question would be when you were walking through that process, when you were discovering Jesus and God as the love that a husband would give as the group, like as your groom, what did, like, how did God Transform your heart in that? Like, how did he love you in like specific ways that is like, man, God knows me so well that only he could love me like this? Like, how did he transform your heart in that? Yeah, I think the
1: first thing was getting my eyes off of guys and onto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I could even see what he was doing. Uh, and one of the main things that I held on to was the lord reminding me like hey this man this human that's on earth next to you that you're so attracted to and want to date and marry like he's your co-laborer in the kingdom of god and i am your husband mm-hmm. it says your maker is your husband the lord almighty is his name and so the lord said hey like go and go and co-labor with that human and all the things that you love and are attracted to about them bring them back to me at the end of the year, at the end of the day, as your husband and come tell me all of the things that you saw about me in this other person, whether it could be something like,
0: That's good. Oh Lord,
1: this guy was like dancing during worship. And like, I love that so much. And like re refocusing and being like, Jesus, I love the way that you dance when you worship the father. And so just redirecting my my gaze of like, okay, these men are created in the image of God and they hold Jesus Christ inside of them, the hope of glory. That is what I'm attracted to. That is why I like them is Jesus Christ inside of them, the hope of glory. And so looking past the human flesh and being able to pinpoint like, oh no, like I love Jesus in you. And then coming back to Jesus at the end of the day and be like, wow, Jesus, I, I fell so much more in love with you today because I saw this, this, and this in the human that was inside in front of me today. And so, um, that was the first thing of just like getting my eyes off of the human that was in front of me and being able to see in the kingdom of God and be able to see Jesus in them. Um, and then I actually asked, I like wanted the like giddy feeling, of um just like being in love right and so i asked god for that and he was really kind and gracious to give me that and so i asked i was like lord i just want i want to have like butterflies in my stomach for you like i want the feeling whenever that guy walks through the door and i get all nervous and giddy right like god i want that for you i want that emotion that physical feeling for you And he, he brought it and it was funny because it was every time, but but actual physical butterflies, I would see them. I would start getting these butterflies in my stomach and this like giddy feeling of like, Oh my gosh, Jesus, I love you so much. And it was something that like, you can't produce on your own. It was just like really miraculous and divine and the kindness of God to give that feeling to me. Um, and then I actually, so if you've ever read uh, read the book, five Lo- love languages, mm-hmm. I just took those and asked that God would show me how he loves me in those throughout the day. So I started with taking one a day being like, okay, God, like help me to see the way that you love me through words of affirmation. And then the next day being like, God, please show me how you love me f- through physical touch. God, it show- and so I would just take one a day and then, then it became this awareness of oh my gosh god like you love me through all of these every single day and sometimes you use humans and sometimes you don't but even when you do like that's still you loving me and not just this person in front of me and so i yeah i think a lot of it was just god giving me the eyes to see the ways that he was already loving and pursuing and wooing me that i was so blind to because
0: i was looking at people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in what ways do you see God now? Like what specific ways do you see um him in Chauncey that makes you like get those butterflies? Yeah. I would say just so it's it's kind of crazy.
1: Uh so I had a vision a few years ago that the Lord actually gave me like in the midst of my singleness. Um I like felt like I was in a healthy place, but still desired. This husband was really struggling with like, God, like, why doesn't anybody want me? Like, mm-hmm. I know I am who you say I am. Well, the Lord gave me this vision and I'm dancing with God. And it's kind of like this ballroom Cinderella type situation. But all I can see is like the face of God of like what my human mind can try to make out to be the face of God and we're just we're dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing and as I'm dancing with him I'm asking him like Lord like isn't my husband supposed to like step in like why why doesn't anybody else want to dance with me like why am I dancing with you the whole time and he (laughs) like gave me this like outward like eagle eye perspective and it was me and him dancing and then like men coming up to like try to interfere and him like like not letting them come and like pushing them away of like protecting me but i could not see any of that because all i could see was the face of god whenever Mm -hmm. i was like in it and not knowing what god was doing to protect me well the eyes that I saw in that vision, Chauncey gives me that look and it like clicked a few months into dating of like, oh my gosh, like it was your eyes that God showed me in that vision that represented him of him dancing with me. And so it's just like, it's just like so wild and like oh my really gosh. hard just to wrap your mind around. but It's like, oh my gosh, like Chauncey will give me this one specific look and I'll tell him like, those are the eyes. Like those are the eyes that God gave me when I was dancing with him in, in my vision. So yeah, oh,
0: that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. Oh, this has been so good. I it's have loved so every moment wild. of this. Um, so I guess like, as we wrap up, um, just anything that you would either tell your younger self or to the girls who may be listening right now who are going through that time of singleness, like what would be the best piece of advice that you could give? Yeah. Wait and trust.
1: Wait and trust 100%. Trust that God is a good dad and that he is completely in control that in the midst of your singleness, he's not holding out on you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He, he's not out of time or resources or people for you, but he is good. And every step of the journey that you're on is so important Mm -hmm. that He has his best in mind. He has his absolute best in mind for you because that's all that he can do because that's just who God is. He is God and he is good and he is in control. And so let go of the lie that you have drawn the short end of the stick. Let go of the lie that you're not worthy or you're not lovable or you're not pretty or you're whatever. There are lies, let go of them. Know who God created you to be as his daughter and as his wife and trust that he has your best in mind. And as you wait, obviously the end of my story is that I did get engaged and that I am getting married, but even if I didn't, and if God had called me to singleness for the rest of my life, that is his best. and. I think just laying down expectations of what we think life should look like and the timeline that we have that we're holding on to or what things should be letting go of that expectation because God's plans are so much better. And I'm so grateful that I went through the process that I didn't get engaged before I was 28 because I would have idolized my husband. I would have found all my love and affirmation in my husband if the Lord wouldn't have graciously walked me through this process. And so, yeah, for, for someone walking through this, just trust, trust the process, trust that God is good. And his plans are perfect, that he has your best in mind and wait to see what that is, whether that's to be married or to not, because
0: whatever he calls you to, it is his best amen and amen we need to put that everywhere um well this was so good I so enjoyed catching up and hearing all about your new love story and all just like the goodness of God the goodness of God in the land of the living that we get to see every single day and that we get to declare and live in the midst of um and I'm just so excited that we get to share it together just as a body of Christ um so thank you so much um, Of course, and I will talk to you soon. I'll Bye you. everyone. Bye guys. Well guys, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the journey promises podcast. If you're listening via YouTube, be sure to give the thumbs up, subscribe and comment below what your favorite part of our conversation this week was. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, be sure to subscribe, but also rate, review, and comment so that other people can eventually find Journey Promises and hopefully be encouraged by the same things you were. And be sure to share this with your circle. We want as many people as possible to be able to grow in their faith, to borrow faith, and to eventually learn how to share their faith with others. And never forget Psalm 2713, to always desire to see the goodness of God in the lives of those around you. I hope you guys have a good week and we'll see you next week.